Today's guest spends their time, listen to this, focused on helping clients grow their business by providing them with problem-solving strategies and creative solutions. You know, helping others also connect uh, successful strategies to help their clients too. Why is that happening? Well, this is more than just sales today. We're going to focus today on the experience of selling and on managing seller success. The background of today's guest may not be what you expect. Better buckle up and hang on. But their background might show us how to attract and recruit hot flight sellers from other industries and how to build great sales managers from non-radio jobs by identifying people with character, curiosity, and hunger to be great sellers. This sounds like exactly the kind of person we like to talk to on our podcast. Welcome to the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast on Apple, Audible, Spotify, or almost anywhere you get your podcast. Our goal is always the same, to encourage radio pros at all levels. If you're a regular listener of this podcast, listen, you know we drop a free, fresh weekly episode featuring a radio pro working in radio right now. We do this each Sunday. To enjoy our podcast, you only have to be interested in others and be open to encouragement, advice, connections, tools to get ahead, and ways to make your radio career more profitable and successful. Each week, we have this fabulous opportunity to see a snapshot of an individual in our business, not like somebody who used to do radio goes, ah, radio's not as good as it used to be or something like that. It's not like that. We talk to people right now doing the work. It allows us to see radio from a different perspective actively now, a different career arc than maybe yours or mine, and hear how they are embracing radio right now. My name is Lloyd Ford. I'm with Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Works, or what we call ourselves RPC. Listen, everybody knows that every single programming consultant focuses on music, talent, coaching, and marketing, except one. The one works on music, talent, coaching, marketing, and we also help local radio clients leverage those improvements into more sales and bigger revenue growth. Our name even means Pathway to Money, Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Works. When we go to work for a client and they follow our collaborative process and strategy, their revenue and their profit margin rises. Ideas are the new technology. Where do your ideas come from? You got enough ideas? Are your local radio stations programmed and positioned correctly to collect the most revenue in your local market today? Do you need better sales recruitment? Oh, yeah. We can help you schedule a meetup by email. It's so easy. First consultation is free, F-O-R-D at RainmakerPathway.com. On this podcast, listen, it's not just about interviewing people. We also launch a quarterly exclusive radio sales event. Do you want to help your local radio sellers close more business each quarter? Of course you do. Our Q1 radio sales exclusive event is coming January 11th. That is this Thursday. And I will even ask you to share this with other radio sellers and sales managers because you will be their hero. We're calling the Q1 event Digital Profit and You. Chris Fleming is a sales expert with CD Media Consulting. He's going to be co-hosting this event on Thursday. But we're also going to bring on the ground experts. Listen to this. Joe Brown, the digital sales manager for Cumulus Media in 
Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, and Cher Hermanson. She is the executive vice president of Midwest Family Madison. If you don't think they're going to bring some really unique perspectives and opportunities for you, some tips, then, uh, well, just stay away. Let others get those tips. In addition to bringing these digital experts to you, we're going to talk strategy, opportunity. We will talk about the largest transfer of wealth in radio history and what to do about it. I think you know what I'm talking about. It's coming this Thursday, and uh, you can find out more details anytime at BrainMakerPathway.com. We're just a moment away from welcoming Jennifer Butt, sales manager of Costa Eagle Media in Concord, New Hampshire. Now, this is going to be a big fun event because I promise she she's she's fun uh if you see any of her social media you'll see that's what she's like she's very relational we can't wait to get into it a big thank you to Joe Kelly for producing the encouragers the radio rally podcast which we make available minutes after we record this live interview on our social media and also on our website itself justjoeproductions.com want to thank them for creating our audio footprint and distributing our podcast. By the way, you want more resources? We can help you with that. See what you could get for free from our team in our free blog section at RainmakerPathway.com, including our regular encouraging sales success series and our more than live and local series. Right now, let's check in, see what we can learn from this week's guest. So, um, man, I got to tell you, welcome to the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast. How are you? Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, It's our pleasure. I've been so excited about this since we first talked. Listen, you have what some might call an untraditional background for radio sales, uh, but this is what makes us want to kind of lean in with you. Let's start anywhere but sales, though. We love to do that. We love to start in the beginning. Where are you from? And can you start by sharing with us maybe the first experience that you had with radio as a listener? I grew up in Boston and my family, we always listened to the Red Sox. It was just what you did on the radio. And I don't know, I don't remember the year, but I remember, I want to say it was Kiss 108. Way back in the day, they did Red Sox. Then they turned to disco. And I remember, you know, Disco Duck, listening to Disco Duck, um, Shaka Khan. And those were my two first 45s as a kid. And I just wanted more. To me, I want to say, I don't even know, maybe second or third grade. And that was it. I was hooked. Hooked on radio, hooked on music. Well, you know, that Disco Duck was Rick Dees. He'd be so happy. That's, That's a dead center radio thing right there. Let, yeah, let's no. talk about your, your that untraditional background that you have. You began to work for L'Oreal in 1997. And before this, before this episode began, I had that sneaky moment where we talked about their branding at L'Oreal and how big they are as a company. 1997, you come in contact with them. Uh, I think that this work is done as an independent contractor. I'm not sure, but you stayed with them almost 18 years. Can you talk about that experience, why you did it? Maybe who brought you into it? And most importantly, the thing that we love and respect the most, what did you learn? Oh, it was fascinating. I um, was a young hairdresser uh, working in a salon, and I wanted to know more. I wanted to perfect my craft. And the harder I worked, the more doors would open. 
And I met this woman, Sarah Jennison, at a hair show. And she suggested that I audition. And I did. And she was a great mentor. Um, I worked in a salon, but I would be educated by L'Oreal as to what was coming for that season, whether it was short hair, long hair, bangs, whatever it might be, perfecting my craft. And then I'd go into other salons and I would teach. Oh. Yes. And oh, it was... I've, now I feel like the sales manager thing's coming out real early. I didn't expect that. I know, I know. I It just, it just happened that way. But, you know, it but through great mentors, you know, mm -hmm. and I look back and, you know, I'll always be grateful for Sarah Jennison. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It, it's funny how that happens with a great mentor. Well, I'm going to ask you this. You said that you auditioned for L'Oreal. Did you feel like there was a lot of pressure to do that? Or did you feel like they were selling you or what was that? There was pressure. You, you had, you had to know your craft and you, you know, I had a model. Um, and I had photos, I had a PowerPoint. Um, it, I really, I don't even know if it was called a PowerPoint then, but, <laughs> um, yeah, I, you know, you had to be on point and I had to go through the process and you got a yes or a no. It was really that simple. And I was thankful for the yes. That's for sure. Absolutely. It oh, go ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry. No, it just helped keep me relevant, you know, Absolutely. and I think. And I think that's important because, you know, you go to work 95, nine to five, but if you don't stay relevant, you know, in anything you do, that's never a good thing. I put a check mark right next to that. If you don't educate all the time, you get in trouble. That's a great yeah. sales, uh, what would you call it? Great sales axiom right there. Education is a huge part of sales. Look, yeah. it seems to me that radio is always talking. You can hear always through the chatter about the challenge of hiring great sellers. And this isn't new to the world. There are those who sell, those who say they sell, and those who run from sales. You started in an untraditional lane with L'Oreal, but you must have had some interesting traits that make you a good seller, Make that it made that come out in you. It shined in you uh, for other lanes as well. Would you agree that great sellers are great listeners, they're competitive, persons of character, focused on service, and continuous educators? Absolutely. Along with, you know, if you're not listening, you can't upsell. Mm -hmm. And which I think is also very important. And it's kind of parallel in sales. You know, you have to always look for that upsell to, to be able to service. Mm -hmm. You know, look, we, we talked, to, you, you talked a little bit just a few seconds ago about your background in hair. And, you know, everybody doesn't make the transition. They always say everybody's in sales, but everybody doesn't know that they're in sales. In 2001, you opened your own company. On top of your work at L'Oreal, you launched, I'm going to try to say this right, Imbue, the hair sal the salon for hair. I totally messed that up. Tell yes. us about this experience. I want to know if you're an entrepreneur at heart. Uh, it was it was scary to go out on my own, um, yeah. you know, and stay relevant and yeah. manage other people and, you know, keep them relevant and happy as well. Um, 
but I did it and I did it for a long time and, mm -hmm. and it was enjoyable. It was fun. Um, Listen, people, if people only go to a salon as a client, they probably don't understand how owning a salon or even managing a salon is it involves managing creatives, conflict resolution, and a variety of personalities. You don't, you, you can't treat everybody the same. In fact, to me, this sounds a little bit like radio. You managed your sales and owning this business for over 15 years. So that's a decade and a half. Can you share with us that side of the hair business, I guess, that involves managing people and managing different personalities? It's very much like radio, actually, um, I think, because mm -hmm. the hair world is forever changing. Um, but and so is radio. Um, people yeah. forever changing, you know, and it's just constantly changing, and you have to adapt to that change with the people that work for you and the people you work with, whether it's a distributor, whether well, whatever it might be. Um, right. Yeah, I, I do. I do think it is parallel. Well, I I know a few people who own hair salons, and they always talk about the drama. <laughs> and how you have to kind of you, what you're like a therapist on you're a therapist for this person you're telling this person to cut it out you're you're trying to manage everybody's incomes and their viability and like you said their change too listen uh, early in your career um and i suspect the answer to this is going to be yes but i want to know all about it did you experience a mentor or someone who did a really amazing job encouraging you, helping you to grow your skills. Somebody really connected with you. In radio, I'm assuming. It could, no, it could be in yeah. anything. Um, and here it was the woman, Sarah Jennison, in radio, um, who helped me get my first job. Mm -hmm. um, became, she was actually a hair client. And uh, she ended up being the most amazing mentor. Um, I can truly say I learned more from from her than I did anybody else. Um, an amazing resource. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just. Well, it seems I'm, like you're all about you're kind of somebody who leans to personal education all the time anyway. Look, in April 2016, uh, you kind of brought yourself into a new career area, or at least it looks that way to me. I'm not sure what Beanie Media is, but what or who brought you into this business? And can you share with us all about Beanie Media? Beanie Media, large company here in New England, the largest independently owned media company. Mm -hmm. um, and again, it was my hair client who brought me in. And, right. you know, you know, she, she just said, you know, she knew I was looking for a change. You know, um, I had done hair for so long. My daughter had gone off to college and I was like, you know what? One last hurrah. L let's try something different. Sure. And, you know, talking with her, you know, the parallel, you know, with the two industries, you know, it was really amazing. Always meeting new people. Um, you know, upselling because you're you already are selling. Right. Um, 
I'm selling a service, selling a product, I'm selling, booking your next appointment, um, whatever it might be. Um, and I felt like the first year I was in sales, uh, radio sales was like being in school full time and working full time. There was so much, the industry, the, the lingo, the jargon, it was all so different. We're such fast talkers, aren't we? Yes. Yes. And, and, you know, everyone around me was just talking like I was supposed to know, you know, what, you know, each department was, you know, I didn't know what production was or, you know, on air. Per- I, I just had no clue. And, you know, it was amazing. Um, I learned a lot um, that first year um, and I settled right in and I fell in love with it. I really wish looking back, I had found this a lot sooner. Oh, nice. All right. Yeah. Listen, you you made the leap to radio. What attracted you to radio? What was it? I mean, surely it wasn't us fast talkers with all of our lingo. <laughs> um, I had known this woman for a long time and very successful career for her in radio. Um, and I had gone to a couple of you know, the radio stations events and I'd seen her around town and I was just like, you know what? I'm going to give this a shot. This looks like it could be really fun. Um, and radio is fun. Yeah. People focus on how much radio has changed, but I often think this is still a very fun business. It is a Absolutely. very fun business. And I suspect for somebody like you or somebody like me, we're highly relational. That's even more fun. Tell us about your work at uh, Costa Eagle Media. Um, I was offered a position uh, to manage. They're, mm-hmm. They were launching a new radio station um, in the Lakes region where I live. And mm-hmm. I have been here 27 years and very established in the community and having owned my own business. And it's been a fun ride. You know, meeting people and getting this station up and going. And what's the brand of the station? It's today's. It's. Um, I apologize. He just changed the format, and I was on vacation, and we had discussed it. It's. It's um hits classic hits. Excuse me. Okay. okay. Yeah. Very popular and very connective uh, with yeah. a great audience. Can we talk about culture and and the culture that attracts you and others to go to work in the media business. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of people, whether they're market managers or station owners or sales managers, they're always trying to think about how to do a better job of attracting younger workers and also people from outside of our business who may not have some of the bad habits that some of us might be carrying around with us. Sure. I, I think, It's 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 fun becoming a part of someone's business, getting to know them and being a resource in that environment in the office, you know, with amazing support, you know, a direct line to a manager or even a VP or a president, you know, to help get something done. Um, I think that's very important um, because each and every client's needs are different, you know. 
Um, it could be a small client, mom and pop, or it could be a large client where you do need upper management to move mountains. And I Absolutely. think that's important to have that support. You know, you have all this you have all this background. Uh, and I just know that this is going to be a good question for you because, like I said earlier, a lot of us know that everybody's in sales. Everybody doesn't know they're in sales. When when you went through that process originally with L'Oreal back in the day, that was an audition, but it also was a way of recruitment for L'Oreal. It's part of their system. Uh, you've certainly seen that if you've been involved in salon business and especially 15 years of ownership where you have to recruit the right people because they have relationships. And look, even though I am a programming consultant, our business, we focus on both sides of the ball, we like to say. So we not only help people with their programming, we help them with their sales, with sales coaching. I find it so interesting that both are similar in this way. It's that uh, you have to have the right people on the bus. You have to encourage how people develop relationships because great brands are relationship. Has recruiting good sellers in any field, do you think, become more difficult across time? Really don't think so. Um, I feel like if I go to a restaurant, it could be the waitress. It could mm -hmm. be the woman at my local corner store, you know, who knows what I come in and get every week. She's like, oh, did don't forget your creamer. I know you don't have any. You'll be in here tomorrow at six. You know, immediately my head turns. I'm like, oh, she's selling me, you know, right. and and I think it's just. Whether you're a hairdresser, you know, a beer rep receptionist at a car dealer, whatever it might be, you know, I think if you're in tune enough and listen enough, you know, it, it, you just see it, you see talent. And I just think, I think it's out there. I think sometimes you just got to go look for it. And sometimes don't you think when you see people like this, the first question, at least in my mind is always, that they have the desire to want more than what they're doing right now? Not to demean being a waitress, which I'm Absolutely. not qualified to. I'm not qualified to do that job, or right. a receptionist at a car dealer, or whatever it is. But right. you know, it's kind of like people who say they go into radio stations in the programming side and they look at the parking lot and they go, "Huh, all the people with really nice cars are in the sales department," <laughs> and and that's how people drift over there, right? Right. It's like, do they want more? What are you willing to do to get there? What do you think right. the most challenging part of a job is today for radio sales managers? Honestly, I think it's staying relevant and being on top of everything that's coming down the pipe, right. you know, and, and what part of that pipe is garbage and the other part, oh my gosh, we got to lean in. Um, is being relevant. And I think it's also utilizing, you know, younger people, um, whether, you know, it's, it's interns, you know, mm -hmm. because I know there's a lot I could not do without them. Mm -hmm. And I'm constantly learning from them. And I hope that they're learning from me. 
have you worked hard to like develop intern programs and things like that from your local community? Oh, I'm I'm a huge advocate. Um, Mm -hmm. When I worked for Benny Media, there was one girl who was supposed to go to Italy, and you know I made sure she you know she needed it to graduate on her college application, and I helped her out. She was able to do some stuff for us remotely. Um, Yeah, and I think it's important, you know. We need the young people to stay relevant. We really, really do. It's really interesting to me that you just indicated that you believe in being nimble. I think one of the major challenges that people have, a lot of the millennials get knocked for this, you know, that they're not like the older people. You know, the older people that go to work there, you can expect them to do certain things. They will not give you a lot of pushback. And it's different for the millennials in some sense. But I think it's different for everybody below a certain age. And I think we've come to a time when I think a lot of people are still using that 20th century playbook. But in the 21st century, don't you have to do the following? Don't you have to be open and nimble? You talked about that girl that you hired and you worked, even though she was going to Italy. That's an extreme example of using somebody's talents, even though they had a different dream you still found a way to use them in your organization. Is this something you do all the time? Absolutely. If there's an opportunity to learn something, you know, from these kids just graduating college, a better way to do something, an easier way to do something. Um, why wouldn't you? You know, well, I mean, they have technology on their side, don't they? Yes. Yes. And, you know, we're in radio. <laughs> We got to stay relevant, you know, and I and I I don't know my personal opinion. I think, you know, that's a huge part of staying relevant. Let me ask you this. Uh, We're talking about younger people and attracting younger people to our business, but you're in a sales manager's role. How do you deal with having to be nimble or having to stretch yourself and, and challenge yourself to be open to new ideas? with your individual sellers that you hire do you hire people obviously from outside the business but do you hire people that may not meet certain criteria in other words you know they may want to work four days a week or they may want to work from home on some days you know we all went through uh covid and what that brought forth uh do you feel like it's important that people do things a certain way or do you feel like it's only the results that matter I feel like it's results. Um, not everybody works the same. Not everybody learns the same. Um, you know, and in any sales role, numbers don't lie, you know, and and everybody's different. You know, you, you have to say, you know, what can I do to help you? You know, all right, great. Let's let's give it a trial run. You know, it's being open. Um, but also too, the bottom line too is numbers don't lie. Yeah. So you you walk with an open mindedness, but with accountability also, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, we we face this all the time with Rainmaker Pathway because we're always talking about encouragement. But clients are often surprised that I say encouragement walks with a twin, and the twin is accountability. Let's talk about accountability a little bit. How important is sales training today? For younger sellers and for older sellers. Oh, it's so important. It's so important. And and that's the other piece, too, I think that's also important about 
going into the office and being part of your team because, you know, you have to learn from each other um, as well. You know, but sales training, absolutely. I think it's very important. You have to, or, or you're, you're going to miss, you're going to miss the bus. What's an average sales meeting like for you? Do you do a lot of training in those sales meetings? Do you do presentations? Do you let other people do presentations? Uh, uh, are you focused on categories? How does it work for you? I think it depends on what's going on internally, you mm -hmm. know, and what you're seeing, you know, in general, you know, going on in that moment. And, you know, it mm -hmm. kind of tells you where you need to lean in a little mm -hmm. bit. And I feel like, you know, you know, you, you present, you present that sales training, you know, and this is this, this will work this, da, da, da. but it's also that roundtable discussion after. Right. I, I also feel like, because I feel like everyone should weigh in and you can learn something from that other person's perspective. Absolutely. Well, and that's true on a sales call too. It's yeah. not about you. It's about them, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, look, when we talk to people on this podcast, it's always kind of this free and open exchange of ideas. And we always honor our guest because we really want to learn from you. But then there always comes that question that's about uh, where you have to pay for being our guest. That's this <laughs> question. Let's talk about the future. Let's talk, yeah, let's talk about the future of radio. And, and look, nobody knows the future. I'd like to know, look, you kind of came from an untraditional place. You connected with a high passion for radio. What would you like to see local radio become? This is a tough question. It is. I, I think I think COVID helped it. Um, helped local radio. I think mm -hmm. it hurt initially, of course, because people weren't driving right. to work. But I think the need to be connected when people started going back to work. Yes. Um, I think local radio did that. Um, and, you know, Nielsen numbers also show that. Um, and, and I think it's really just being local and being relatable within those communities that you serve. Right. And being nimble. Um, because things my, change, right? Yes. Yes. You know, and forever changing with whatever's happening in, in the moment, which radio did. I think a lot of, be... um, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. I think a lot of stations focused on the local piece more so after COVID. And I, I think that was part of the success. Yeah, excellent. Well, listen, Jennifer, I wanna thank you for spending this time with us and being our guest today. It's exciting to hear somebody come from really a whole different perspective and get into the management of sales in radio. But I'm going to say, just based on this conversation, we know that you were being a sales manager before you knew you were a sales manager, right? True story. True Thanks story. for being our guest. I appreciate it so much. Thank you for having me. Please don't take for granted what we're doing here and help us by sharing this episode directly from our website. You can do this, rainmakerpathway.com. Look in the free blog section. You can share it with others who are interested in growing their careers in radio and audio. This episode of the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast is designed 
exactly like the 140 plus others already in our archive to encourage radio pros at all levels. We want to thank today's special guest, Jennifer Butt. She's the sales manager for Costa Ega Eagle Media. Boy, I struggled with that for a second in Concord, New Hampshire. And she really has a great perspective on being of service, being nimble, and looking at people from that different perspective, which I think is important in the 21st century. A very special thank you to Joe Kelly for producing the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, which we make available moments after this live interview. A thank you to JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing our podcast too. Look, we say this all the time on our podcast. I say it to clients regularly. Once you have a radio station, you can get anything else you want. If you've got questions about this philosophy, please reach out to me. I love sharing my passion for this, not just radio. The idea that if you have a radio station, you can get anything else you want. I'd love to prove it to you. Now, please remember this. If you don't remember anything else from today's episode, be kinder than you have to be. Thank you for being a part of the Radio Rally with the Encouragers. Go make it a great week in local radio.